Husbands, I told you I was going to preach to the wives this week. Glory to God. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Hallelujah. Let us, let us pray. Let us pray. Amen. Amen. See, our women of worship are excited right now. Praise the Lord. Stirred up in their spirit. Amen. Father, we love you and we honor you today, Lord, for this privilege. First and foremost, Lord God, to be in your beautiful and glorious presence, Lord God. It is an honor. And Lord, we thank you so much for bringing us here today. Father, I ask you that you would use me as your vessel in these next few moments, Lord God, to speak unto your people a word of edification, Father God, a challenging word that will, above everything else, help marriages, Father God, and help the church become what you've created it to be. And Father, we honor you for this, and we give you praise for your counsel and your word. Let us heed that counsel and be doers of your word, not hearers only. And we give you thanks, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, this morning we are going to continue on. We're going to continue on in our series by the book. And last week I spoke to the husbands and telling the husbands that they are to be husbands just as Christ. Husbands who love their wives just as Christ loved the church. And that was an exciting message. Amen, husbands. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen, husbands? Hallelujah. All right. I'm not, I, I, it was an exciting, challenging message, and, and today is also going to be an exciting and challenging message. Amen? Amen? The Word of God is crystal clear. The Word of God is crystal clear, and it defines and outlines the roles and responsibilities of the husband and wife in regard to their relationship with one another. And so, in reality, no matter what our reason may be, no matter how valid, how logical, or how vividly necessary it may seem, we do not have the right to attempt to redefine what God has already defined by living outside or living contrary to what God has already made known to us as his will. Some of us are in situations in our marriages where it's just logical. This, this thing just ain't going to work. We just need to go on ahead and move on. It is vividly clear to us that this is not going to happen, so we need to go on and take the next step, whatever that step may be. Still in all, the Bible teaches us what God's will is, and it is our responsibility. And, 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 and actually, should I say it like this? It is our right. We have a right. We can either agree with God in our behavior, or we can disagree with God in our behavior. We can agree with him and say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you meant. This is what you require of me. No ifs, ands, or buts. Amen, somebody. And so it is important that we have this right mindset, especially when it comes to regard, in regard to marriage. Marriage, and I want to say this, and I know that, you know, there, there's going to be some people that disagree with this statement, but I'm going to say it anyway because I, I think that it is all right to say. But marriage is not complicated. Mm-hmm. Women are complicated, glory to God. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's a joke. Come on. Come on. We're having fun. All right? All right. Come on. The guys got it all last week. You guys could take a little bit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I appreciate that, Pastor. I appreciate that. Glory to God. I get a couple of witnesses, and the Bible says, let every word be established by two or three. No, I'm just joking. Listen. 
But marriage is not complicated. But marriage requires, it requires commitment. It's got to be commitment. If there's no commitment, marriage becomes complicated. There must be communication because if there is no communication, marriage becomes complicated. And there must be compromise because if there is no compromise, marriage becomes complicated. Why? Because instead of you walking together in the will of God, you are each trying to convince the other of the will of God, pulling in your own direction, not realizing that you are violating what the very scriptures communicate as the will of God. And it is that what? That husbands be the head of the household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'll, I'll, ladies, can I, can I tell you something before I get directly into your situation? Do you, do you understand that it is a blessing to hear that? Do, 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 do you get that? You know, when, when birds, when birds, you know how you see birds up in the air flying, right? And they fly like in that V formation. There's the bird that is in the front of the pack. And that bird is breaking, I'm not going to say breaking wind, but he is breaking through. I say breaking wind, he's farting in people's face. That's not good. But that, that's not it. We're going to edit that word there too, all right? Um, but, but, but anyway, listen, listen, listen to what's happening. He is in the front, and he is breaking through the wind for all the cutting, cutting. We'll cut through. We're, he's cutting through the wind. See, anyway, so go ahead. And he is working hard, and he is working harder than, he's making it easy for every other bird that's behind him. They look all beautiful, but, but guess what? He is the one that is working. He is diligently working. If he stops working hard, guess what? Everything else falls out of formation. Why, why is that important? For, why, why should that encourage you, ladies? Because it is not your responsibility to break wind. It is not your responsibility to, to, to endure all of the pressure on your own. It is the husband's, hello? It is his responsibility to be the leader that is going to lead your family into victory. And I'm, I'm going to say it like this. And, and ladies, don't get offended. You were not created to be the leader. Hello? Hello? It's all right. You were not created to be the leader. Now, if you're in a situation that you don't have a spouse and you're the leader of your family, glory to God. God has given you grace, amen, and anointed you to go on ahead and lead. But if you are in a marriage, if you are in the confines of a marriage, and let me say it like this too, because even if you are there, single mom, leading a family, God is still the leader of that home because he's the one who's giving you the grace to get through it, amen? Okay. So. Let's get to our message for the day. There is a way of life. There is a way of life that is fitting for the wife who fears the Lord. The title of the message this morning is Wow Fit. Women of worship fit. You know, y'all ladies like your outfits, right? So we're going to talk about Wow Fit. We 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 gonna talk about how the wow should be fitting. Glory to God. Why 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 is this? Well 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 the Bible says this. 
We're talking about worship. You know, I think all the time you're women of worship, you know, because I'm, I'm very much into the purpose of ministries and all of those things. And so thinking about women of worship, well, what does that symbolize? Is it, you know, just women walking around singing all the time? No, it's women who are living a life that is continuously giving worship and releasing that fragrance of worship under the king of glory. Amen. That is what a woman does. And so here is what the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 31 and, and um, 31 verse 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And, and here's what I want you to realize that you cannot be a worshiper if you do not fear God. You cannot, and see, and if you are a person who fears a woman of God, now we're talking directly to the women now specifically, but if you are a woman who truly fears the Lord, if you really fear God, then guess what that means? That means that all of your behaviors, all of your attitudes, all of your actions are going to be brought under the microscope of God in your life so that way he can go ahead and show you, okay, this is not aligning with my word. This doesn't align with my ways. This doesn't align. He, he's going to show you those things. And if you are a woman who fears the Lord, you are going to take heed to the counsel of God. And then you will be able to fit into this wow fit that we're going to put together today. Glory to God. So the first thing I want you to repeat after me is this. To live fittingly, I must know what I've been fitted for. Because the Bible clearly says here in verse 18 of the book of Colossians, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. There's something that fits the woman of God, and there's something that doesn't fit the woman of God. And we want to make sure that we have women that are going to be praised. Amen? So how do we find out what you've been fitted for? Well, first of all, when you go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 2 and verse 18, we find the, the, the creation of the first woman or the wife. And what does the scripture tell us? The scripture tells us that God said that it was not good for Adam to be alone and that he was going to make him a helper who was comparable to him. So, so in order for you to know what you've been fit for, we've got to go back to the beginning because that tells you the origin of design and all of that beautiful stuff. And so what do we find here? We find the word. We're going to look up those two words, and I looked them up. I'm just going to tell you what they say. But the first word is the word helper, and it is the word in the Hebrew. It is the word ezer, and I don't have it up there, but it's for you to just hear now. It is the word ezer, E-Z-E-R. And it means this. It means to help or it means a succor. And that word succor means help, relief, or assistance. And so the woman is called to be a help, a relief, or, a, or, or, or an assistant in fulfilling what? The will of God. Amen? Amen? She's vital to the whole program. Now, when I was looking up this word, I also saw that there was a person by the name of Ezra, and that name, it literally means treasure. So what I understood is that the woman of God is a treasure and her treasure enters into our lives and she begins to what? She begins to assist us. She begins to relieve us. She begins to help us get to where God is trying to take us. Hello, somebody. And then the scripture uses this wonderful word comparable. And that word comparable is the word neged in the, in, in the Hebrew, which is N-E-G-E-D. And what it means, it means in front of, to face and literally, the way that it reads is, I will make him a helper fit for her husband. A helper fit for her husband. What does that mean? That means that God divinely, so this is why I understand God's sovereignty, because he knows exactly what we need, men, in order to accomplish what God has called us to do. And can I tell you this? We can't do it by ourselves. 
unless the Lord has called you to be alone. If he's called you to be alone, then you're going to accomplish it by his grace. But if he has called you and he hasn't given you that gift, then guess what? He has given you the, the, the knowledge that, guess what? You need her. See, the problem with some of us husbands is that we treat our wives like they're not a treasure. Like they have nothing to offer us. Like they really, we really don't need their help. And I know I'm preaching to the wives, but I just got to touch the husbands for a moment. <laughs> because we are so knowledgeable and we are so all-knowing, you know, us men. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we know all things and, and we, we've been everywhere and we've done everything. And so we don't need your counsel. We don't need your assistance. We don't need you to help us to get better. But wait a second, my brother. Do you not know that the Lord brought you some help? And can I tell you something? If y'all were here on Wednesday, some of y'all missed Wednesday night. Y'all need to be in here Wednesday night Bible study. Hello. Y'all missed Wednesday night. But Wednesday night Bible study, we were looking at the vision that the Apostle Paul had in chapter 18 of the book of Acts, right? And you remember what, 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 what God said to Paul? God says to Paul, do not be afraid. Remember what I told you on Wednesday night? Well, some of you weren't here, so you don't remember. But I'm going to remind you of those you were here. And for the rest of you, I'm going to let you know what I said. It was real deep. Glory to God. I'm just joking. What I said was that if God told Paul, do not be afraid, it was because Paul was fearful. God is not going to say, don't be afraid if he just, you know, you might be afraid. No. The apostle Paul was afraid. There was something going on inside of him. Can I tell you something else? God is not going to say, I'm going to bring you help if you don't need help. God is not going to say, I'm giving man a helper if he don't need help. The, 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 see, the beauty of Adam was, Adam was like, woman, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. He's like, yo, she's, my, she's exactly what I needed. And, and, and I want to point this out, make one more reference to this. God pulls her where? I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. He pulls her out of his rib, right? Notice where I'm, where I'm not going like this. See, the ladies going to love me even when I'm preaching hard to them. I'm going to get to them. No more. Husbands, I got them. They come in, glory to God. Point two and three, we haven't even got there yet, praise the Lord. But notice, notice, he doesn't do that. He doesn't pull her out of his foot. So he shouldn't be stepping on her. Now, now, now husbands, this, this is your amen opportunity. He, he, he doesn't go like this either. He didn't say, let me pull him out of his head so she can lead him. Mm -mm. What did he do? Pulled him out of, his, out of his side. Pulls her out of his side, and that way what? So they can walk side by side. When you look up that word comparable there, you find that this word, it means straightforward or to keep straight. And so you know what? The wife, wife. We're talking about responsibilities of the wife. One of the things you got to realize, husbands, and hus both of y'all need to realize this, is that the wife is there to help you stay in line with God. Amen, somebody. But the wife, that means you must be in line with God yourself. Assuring that you are not leading your husband astray like Sister Eve did. Hello. Mm -hmm. Because God brought Adam a helper in this situation and she lost focus on God and got focused on something else and ended up leading Adam astray from following the will of God. Hello. So this is what occurred. So what do we have to do? We need to make sure that, or you know, the women of God need to make sure that they are focused on Christ. So they can help their husbands continue on in the will of God. And not just their husbands, but their families. Amen? As a woman of God. As a woman of God. 
who has been blessed, because you've been blessed with a husband, glory to God. It is your responsibility because you are a treasure to do what? To add value to your family and to your husband. Now, we're going to look at these wonderful scriptures together. I just want to show you what the scriptures say. That way you don't just take my word for it. But the book of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 14, you can write this down. I'm just going to read it to you. It says here, an excellent wife is a crown. Mm -hmm. A crown to her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. So are you a crown or are you rottenness? Are you causing decay? Or are you causing exaltation? Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 22, it says, He who finds a wife, glory to God, I love this scripture, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Are you favor from the Lord? Or are you something else? Are you a thorn in the flesh? Come on, wives, glory to God. Are you that good thing? Like, man, praise the Lord for my wife. Or are you something else? Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 14. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Are you prudent? Are you wise? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to read the entire Proverbs 31. I'm going to let you read that and just meditate on it for the next month. But the book book of Proverbs chapter 31 begins like this. An excellent wife or an excellent woman, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. Remember the word treasure? Helper? Treasure? Your worth is far above jewels. You need to make sure that you allow God to do what he wants to do. Amen? Second thing I want you to repeat after me. Say this. To live fittingly is to see submission as a privilege Not a problem. If you, as a woman of God, are going to live fittingly, it is vital that you view submission as a privilege. Look, you need to bless God every day. I ain't got to lead the way. I do do not have to lead. I don't got to manipulate. I don't got to. All I got to do is just follow God's lead. Amen? Amen. I got to follow my husband. That, that's, you, you should be excited. It's a privilege. But here's, here, can, can, can I tell you what the issue is? Here, here's the issue. We're we, we going to get into some more scriptures. I don't know if the lady's going to like me too much, but it's all right. On, Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Submission. Submission must be understood from the perspective of the creator in order to be seen as a privilege. So the book of Genesis chapter 3, you can turn there with me, please. The book of Genesis chapter 3, I want you to look at this scripture with me. And this is after the fall. This is after Eve lost her focus and Adam followed suit. There's a conversation that has taken place. God begins to curse the serpent. He curses the ground. And now the curse comes upon the woman and, you know, and, and her childbearing and all of this stuff. And now man is going to be, he was already going to work. Now he's going to add sweat to work. Lord, it's just a crazy situation. Verse 16, everybody say amen if you got it. Amen. And it says this. Speaking to the woman, he said to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, here's here's why submission is an issue, okay? 
This is why the, 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 there's the issues with submission in the home. It's, it's simply because of this. It's because of what happened right here in the book of Genesis. It is part of the sinful nature of man and woman. It, it, is part, it, it is something that is there. So you have a choice. You can either go with that sinful nature and rebel and don't want to submit, or you can go ahead and you can crucify your flesh, ladies. See, I like that. I got a lady's voice, glory to God. She wants to have that wow fit. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we see this scripture here. What does it mean? Because a lot of times I read the scripture tons and tons of times, didn't really understand what it meant. Your desires shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now I want to show you how this scripture is interpreted the way that it is. Look over to chapter 4 and verse 7. God is speaking to Cain here. And he says to him, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, notice the word desire. Remember he said over here, your desire is going to be for your husband? Remember that? that? That's what we said. It's the same exact words in the Hebrew. Now, we know what, what God is speaking to Cain here. He's saying that sin desires to dominate you. Sin desires to control you, but you need to, he's telling Cain, you need to humble yourself, do what is right, and don't let sin dominate you. You rule over it. That's what he communicates to him. So when we look back at this scripture, what is he saying here? Your desire is going to be for your husband. In other words, ladies, this is just inside of you. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's just there when you're born into the sinful world, right? But your desire is going to be to control the situation, specifically your husband. Your desire is going to be to run the house. And can I tell you something? You can run the house from a submitted position. Hear me now. Not, I, I didn't say manipulate the house. I, that's not what I said. I said you, because come on, I mean, any man in here in his right mind will, will, will agree that the wife, yes, yeah, she, she's running the house. Hello. See, they, they don't want to say amen now, but it's all right. I know the truth. Glory to God. Listen, because we know, you know, we, we, we understand that God has given us, you know, and that, that's only if we understand what God has given us, if we understand the treasure. It doesn't mean that she calls all the shots. It means that God has entrusted her with a certain wisdom which assists us in doing the will of God. But here's what the text says. The text says that your desire is going to be for your husband, but he is going to rule you, rule over you. And that's where we get into the New Testament where he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. This is the way that the husband is supposed to rule. Amen, somebody. The husband is supposed to lead. Remember what I said last week? The husband is the leader and he must be a loving leader, not a tyrant, not a nasty somebody. Nope. He needs to be a loving leader, one who knows how to talk to his wife, one who knows how to, how to love his wife. Right. That, that's the right thing. Right. And, and, and here's, what I, here's what I can assure you. I can assure you, gentlemen, that if, if we will learn to love our wives, they won't have a problem submitting. Right? But, 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 but ladies, I got to tell you something. I got, I got to tell you something. Whether he knows how to love you or not, you still got to submit. I know, I, know that, I, I know you didn't like that one, but see, I was setting you up. Glory to God. It's all right, though. Get you excited because I'm telling you, they got to love you, right? But I'm letting you, that, I'm letting you know that one does not disqualify the other. Amen. So, we have this issue here. 
book of Genesis tells us that the desire of the woman is going to be for the husband. Husband is going to rule over her. But here's where the other problem comes in. Because there's another void. Turn with me to the book of Titus. Because not only is it a sinful nature, but we have, and not we, because I can't begin that in that field there. But I'm going to say the church has dropped the ball. Book of Titus, when you got it, say amen. amen. The book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, look at what the apostle communicates. He tells him, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or not gossips, but given to, or, or not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Look what he says to them. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So the first issue is a sinful nature. The second issue is absence of teachers. Because if the older women are so consumed with being whatever they're trying to be, instead of doing what the scriptures teach, guess what happens? There becomes this void of education within the church. And so you have all of these issues. See, I'm blessed. I have a wonderful mother-in-law. And this just goes to show you that you don't have to be married in order to teach these things. Because my mother-in-law, since I met her, she hasn't been married. She's been single. She's been that way. But you know what she has always done? She has always, by her behavior and treatment of me, she teaches my wife continually. And my wife knows how to treat me well, so don't get it twisted. But what I'm saying is she continues to affirm, glory to God. That this is the way that your husband should be treated. And that is the responsibility of who? The older women. The ones who have raised their children. It is your responsibility to do what? To be instructing to your daughters. To help them to recognize that they need to love their own husbands. Because you know what? If they don't, then guess what happens? The word of God is blasphemed. And, you, and, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I see the word of God being blasphemed when you got all of these folks that are moving in together rather than getting married. Did you hear me? When you have all of these people that they don't want to get into this commitment of marriage because of what? Because of horrible examples. And so it is important that we adjust our mindsets and get with the mindset of God. Amen? Amen. The word submission that we find in the scriptures in the New Testament is the Greek word hupotasso. And what it means, it means to arrange under, to subordinate, to subject, to put in subjection, to subject oneself or to obey. It means to submit to one's control, to yield to one's admonition or advice, to obey or to be subject. And in the Greek, this is actually a military term, which means to arrange troops in divisions in a military fashion under the command of one leader. So the picture that we get of this word submission is that we are on a mission, right? And what we are doing, we are trying to get to where God wants us to get to. We are trying to get to the place that God has called us to be. And the way that we do that is we all have to come into alignment with the will of God. Amen? Amen. And the other word, when it's not used in a military sense, this is what it means. In a non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. And so for the women of God in this place, submission must be a voluntary attitude of giving in. It must be you cooperating with your husband. It must be you assuming responsibility because here's what happens. We go ahead and we take the place, oh, I'm just going to submit and do whatever, and so you know what I do I cast off all of my responsibility you do everything that's the devil would you hear me 
If you are going to truly walk in submission, then what do you do? You go on ahead and you do what God has called you to do. You take your responsibility and you run with it and you walk with your husband to fulfilling the will of God. That's what is supposed to happen. So you assume responsibility and you carry a burden. Hear me, hear me, ladies. You have a responsibility to assist your husband in carrying the burden, not becoming a greater one. I, I, I know that's not popular, but listen. You have a responsibility to help your husband carry the burden, not become a greater one. In other words, there, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs that I didn't write it down, but it says it a couple of times about a contentious woman is like a continual dropping of the rain, just a continued. And he, he, he said, it's better to live in the corner of a rooftop than to live in the house with a contentious woman. In other words, ladies, if your husband don't want to come home, check yourself. Mm, I, I know, I know that I know I ain't gonna get no amens on that. He don't want to come home because he's nasty. Mm-hmm. Are you a content when when he walks in the house? Does he feel the warm embrace of a loving, submitted, wow-fit woman, or does he feel this cold, icy atmosphere that he don't want to come up in? I'm going to pay him to come here every week. Glory to God. I love you, Pastor Brian. Hallelujah. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You got to check yourself, ladies. Because if the brother doesn't want to come home, there's got to be a reason. Mm -hmm. I'll just let you think about that for a moment. Have your husband want to make a bed up on the roof corner. Glory to God. Just, just, just as the husband, and we talked about this last week, that the husband is not the source of provision. The husband is not the source of protection. The husband is not the source of salvation. But the husband must learn that we as men must learn to become vessels through which protection flows, vessels through which salvation comes, vessels through which provision comes. But here is the thing. If the husband is the head, now listen, if you cut off the head, the flow of life stops. Am I not correct? You cut someone's head off, life is done. That's it. You know, they may run around and you cut a, you know, you cut a chicken's head off, it's going to run around for a little bit, but it's dead. Here's what happens. If the woman decides that she's going to lead the house, what she does is she cuts off the head. And now the source of blessing is not going to flow because that is not God's order. Hello? So he, being the head, he's got to learn to be that vessel. And you know what you've got to do? Even when you see he's not being the best vessel for provision to flow here. Even when you see he's not being the best vessel of salvation flow here. He's not being the best. Even when you see that, ladies, you know what you got to do? You got to humble yourself. You got to submit before the Lord. See, the beauty of submission is it, it, it gives us a wonderful picture of bowing down before Christ. That's, that, that, that's the beauty of this. 
And so here is what you got to understand. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it communicates to us. It says it's talking about the wives and husbands who are married to non-believers. And what does he say? You guys got to remember this. When we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to the singles, he said, husband, he said, he said, husband or wife, how do you know if you will be the one who's going to bring salvation to your unsaved spouse? He, he communicates this. He says, because through you they're sanctified. And we know that he's not talking about them being saved. He's not saying that your unsaved spouse is saved because you're saved. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that because of your salvation, because of your relationship with Christ, there's a whole lot of stuff that they don't go through all because of you. But hear me. If you don't decide that you're going to submit, then what you do is you take the wrong position. And just as the husbands needed to learn how to be that vessel, wives must assure that they are not a hindrance to the blessing of God overflowing their homes. You can easily become an obstacle and a hindrance. And it's not just by you spending. Hello. That may be one. Got credit cards on the side, using them. We're not talking to no one. Just, you know, all of a sudden credit card bills come and what's, what, what's this? That can be one way. But there's other things that you can do that will hinder the blessing of God from overflowing. Primarily by not being submitted. True submission, true submission can only be offered and it releases a great reward. What is the reward? The reward is this. Submission guarantees and it produces protection. It produces provision. It produces praise from God and from men because the Bible says clearly, and, and we, we read it already in the book of Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 30, or I mean ver, chapter 31 and verse 30, that charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And who's she going to be praised by? She's going to be praised by God and she's going to be praised by her children. She's going to be praised by her husband. So it produces praise from God and of man and it also produces authority. Let me show you the scriptures. Turn with me please to the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter chapter 3. And when you got to say amen, it says, wives, likewise, sub be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste um, conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person, again, treasure of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in the former times, the holy women, any of y'all want to be holy women? who trusted in God, also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Hold on a second. Being submissive is an adornment. Did, 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 did you get that? Being submissive is an adornment. When he sees you being a submissive wife, he's, he's talking about unbelievers. He's saying the unbeliever is going to be one without a word just by a lifestyle. Because you have decided, you know what? I'm going to do what Christ has called me to do. I'm not going to be overwhelming. Hello. Because, you know, women can become overwhelming. Glory to God. Sometimes you have a right to be overwhelming. Praise the Lord. Sometimes husbands ain't listening correctly. They ain't doing the things the right way. And, and, and you know, they need to get our attention. So I understand that. But, you know, don't make it a habit. Hello. 
Let let that be an exception to the rule. Amen? Hmm. But he shows us here that there's some authority that comes. But look at it. I want you to look at the last verse there, verse 6. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters... Whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any, te- with any terror. You know why he says this? Because there's a lot of women that are afraid to submit to their husbands. They're afraid to submit to their husbands because they're afraid their husbands are going to lead them down the wrong path. Whether it has to do with finances, whether it has to do with the children, whether it has to do with whatever. Whether, wh- whatever it is, they're afraid. But listen, there's no need to be afraid because what did, what, did, what did Paul say in the book of Ephesians? Submitting unto your husbands as to the Lord. Submitting to your husbands as to the Lord. Pastor Robert, can you stand here please and face the congregation? Like right there. there no, over in the middle, in the middle. Facing them. Forward more. Right there, perfect. See, I'm working on the mind movement right now. <laughs> Pastor Marisol Bennett, come and stand behind him, please. Brother Angel, you're going to stand in front of Pastor Robert. Hallelujah. I want to just give you a picture. No, 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 no. I want you to face Pastor Robert. You're, 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 you're going to back up, back up three steps. Two, that's good, that's good. Those are big steps. Okay. In this relationship, husband and wife, the husband... He is called to do what? To be the leader of the house, right? What's the responsibility of a husband? To love his wife, right? Okay, he's supposed to love his wife. We got that down. But the only way that a husband is going to be able to love his wife is if he is bowed to the Lord of glory, amen? So bow down for a moment, Pastor. You can just get down on one knee. There you go. One knee's good. We good. Hallelujah. So now I want you to see something. This is the wife here, right? When the husband is leading the house, from a position of submission unto the Lord, what is it that the wife is looking at? She's looking at the Lord. Because here's the thing. From the Lord is where everything flows. So when she walks into that submissive position to her husband, now you can bow down too, Pastor Marisol. Now what happens? Now the Lord has full reign over this house to flow blessing through this home, to surround this home in the, in the blessing of God and in the provision of God. There's no need for her to be fearful. But here's the beauty of it. You can stand up for a moment. Stand up for a moment, Pastor Robert. Let's just say, let, 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 let's just say for, you know, for just laugh's sake. Let's just say that he decides that he's going to face her. You turn her and face her. You ain't bowing to the Lord. You're trying to run her. Now, she has a choice. Come here, Brother Joe. Hallelujah. Come here. Joe, Joe, right there. Jose. Come on, Jose, hallelujah, Jose, hallelujah. I need another red shirt to represent God here, come on. Now I want you to stand right here. Now notice something, yeah, you got, you got to give him a little bit of space, a little bit of space there, all right? Here's, here's the thing. She has a relationship with the Lord. Now hear me. Now even, even, even if he decides that he's going to be bullheaded, he's going to do his own thing, If she will bow to the Lord, now just bow for a moment, glory to God. Guess what happens? Turn around and face him. Now God deals with him. There's still protection in the home. There's still protection because she's not fighting her own battle. How would she win the battle against him? She's not going to win the battle. They're either going to end up in divorce or she's going to end up miserable for the rest of her life. Hello. But if she'll submit to Christ, then what Christ will do is he will protect her and protect the home. And hopefully... Hopefully, 
at some point, he will bow down to Christ and the blessing of God will flow the right way. Amen? But ladies, there is nothing to fear. Come on and give him a hand of praise. Glory to God. There is nothing, nothing to fear because if you will submit to Christ, Christ will protect you, he will provide for you, and he will keep you. But you have got, do, do, do you want to be holy women? You want to have that wow fit, glory to God. Right? The third thing I want you to repeat after me, and I'm getting ready to close, is to live fittingly. A wife must choose building over breaking. Turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 14, please. Proverbs chapter 14. And verse 1, when you got it, say so. And here's what it says. It says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one pulls it down with her hands. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one pulls it down. Now, I want you to just notice what it shows. The wise woman builds. When you think of building, you got to think of going from, from the bottom to the top, correct? When you think, that's how building works. You build from the bottom to the top. That's, that's the way things operate, right? It says the wise, woman, the wise woman builds, but the foolish one tears down. And what do you do? You tear down by going from the top down. Isn't that how you see it? Tears down. So when a woman decides that she is not going to walk in submission to her husband, she is literally tearing down what God is trying to build. So the woman of God has to decide to either build or break. You will either be a wise woman who is a builder or you will be a foolish woman who is a destroyer. When you look up this word, the word build, and here's, here, here's, here's what I want you to realize, is that when you look at, because this helps you to understand that there's different parts of a building. There's windows, there's doors, there's walls, there's, there, there's, there's foundational walls, there's foundation. There's all these different parts that go into building, right? Well, the, 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 the command for the woman to be submissive positions her as a foundational pillar of the family. Amen. That's what happens. He says, wives, submit. Take the low road, Right? Take the low position. What he's calling you to, women, is to be the foundation. Can I tell you something? The most important part of a home is the foundation. Because it is the foundation that carries the weight. It is the foundation that carries the load. But here's what happens. Imagine taking that foundation that weighs so many thousands of pounds and taking it and slamming it on the roof of the house. You know what it would do? It would destroy the house. Why? Because it's in the wrong place. Amen. Women, you need to realize that you're called to build. You are called to be a builder of your home. But you've got to be able to build from the position that God has anointed you for. What does it mean to build? Building means to complete. So the wife is the one that brings that completion. The, to build means to form. We, we, we know that wives bring formation to our character, bring formation to our lives, and we will allow them. You know, God has given your wife two eyes, hallelujah, just like you. And usually her eyes, you'll probably notice this, and you'll probably be able to agree, usually her eyes see things you don't see. 
How, 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 can you, how can you verify if this is true or not? When you go and you have a conversation with her, how come she don't see things the way you see it? How come she brings up 95 different things that you never even thought about and you're like, woman, can you just be excited? She's like, I want to get excited, but you're crazy right now. And if I let you lead this without asking you questions because I am the foundational piece in this house, then guess what? You're going to mess up in this building project. So she helps bring formation because God has gifted her that way. Don't get mad at her. Love her. Because if you'll listen to her, you'll make a lot less mistakes. Because here's the beauty of this. See, when, you, when you're on a build, when, when, you're on a, when, when you're on a construction site and you're, you, know, you have the blueprints, well, I remember when I worked construction, I never looked at a blueprint. If I did, I wouldn't know how to read it. It wouldn't have made no difference to me. I would have looked at it, you know, and, those, and been like, I, I don't know, what, what kind of wall goes here? You know, what stud? Do I, I wouldn't have known anything. And so there's a person who is, you know, the general contractor or someone who knows how to read those blueprints. And he, he or she, they're the person who does what? They read and they give everybody orders. You know what's beautiful about this? God has given all of us a copy of the blueprints. And you know what? The, the woman of God who is going to humble herself before Almighty God and submit herself before Almighty God, you know what she's going to do? She's going to be submerged in prayer and submerged in the word of God. And she is going to bring the counsel of God. And if your husband decides that he does not want to heed the counsel of God, it is not your place to enforce it. It is simply your place to educate him. And what happens, happens. But know that God has got your back if you will submit unto him. See, the problem is we get into power struggles because God, you know, God does speak to the wife. Hello. God does show things to the spouse. And sometimes we're just so, you know, prideful because that's all it is. We're so prideful and we don't want to have our wife be the one to tell us anything. Then what do we end up doing? Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it that way. Listen, I can tell you from experience. A couple of weeks I'm married, 12 years, glory to God. And I've learned something in this short period of time of marriage because it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't been a lifetime. You know, it ain't like I'm all, you know, messed up over it. I love it. Glory to God. But what I've learned in this short period of time, listen to your wife. God has blessed her with the wisdom that he didn't bless you with. You know why? Because you need her help. And you know why he ain't going to give it to you? Because he wants you to value her. Oh, Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let's get back to this definition of the word build. The word build, it means to complete, means to form, it means to dedicate, to build, it means to rebuild. In other words, the wife is very vital to the restoration of things within the home, within relationships. Hello? It means to establish or to cause to continue. And so hear this, the foundation, the restoration, and the duration, or the absolute opposite, of the family can be directly linked to the wife. Hear me, ladies. If you are not walking according to what God has called you to, you can cause the foundation of your family to be totally messed up. You can cause relationships to continue to be broken. You can cause finances to continue to be messed up. You can stay in that negative situation. And you know what? You can cause your family to have no type of duration. Or you can be a woman who truly knows how to build according to the master plan of God. And in closing, positioning is the key to prosperity. Like I said, if you take that foundation 
and you put it on the roof, you're going to crush the house. You're going to mess it all up. But if you put the foundation where it belongs, you can build on it appropriately. And here's the beauty of this, is that woman, you're better than just the foundation because you're a treasure, amen? And you have a voice, and God has given you that. But you need to allow God to lift you up and don't try to lift yourself up. And you know how God lifts us up? The Bible clearly tells us that humility comes before that exaltation. If you will humble yourself before the Lord, he will exalt you in due time. It is him who lifts us up. But if we try to lift ourselves up, whether it's in a marriage situation, whether it's in a work situation, if we try to do it, guess what? We hinder God from doing what he wants to do. You know why? Because before he can lift us up, he's got to break us down. And so you want to know why you're going through some of the pain you're going through? Because you still ain't broken. Brokenness, church. Brokenness is a hard place to get to. But once you get there, from that point on, it's just building up. So allow the spirit of God to do what he's going to do. Amen? And so the question that I have for the ladies is this. Are you fittingly living out your God-given purpose within your marriage? Are you? Are you fittingly living out your God-given purpose? And I close with this scripture here. I didn't write it down, so I got to wait for it to come up here. Glory to God. But it is in the end of Ephesians chapter 5. Next, next one. Next one. Yeah, there we go. Here it is. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Bow your heads, please. And so because I was speaking directly to the women, I want to give them the opportunity as I did to the husbands last week. But every eye is closed and every head is bowed. But if you're in here and you say, Lord, I'm not living fittingly.